0: Hey, you're listening to the Fanboy Strike Back Weekly Review Podcast, episode 29.
1: Are these times contagious?
0: I've never been this bored before. Is this the prize I've
1: waited for? Hey guys, welcome to the Fanboy Strike Back with the Review Podcast. I'm David. I'm Eric. And we are the Fanboy to Strike Back. Uh, we love comics. Every week we buy the comics that come out. Uh, we go to our site, fanboystrikeback.com com and one of us will write a review of what was the best book that week. And then we come to that podcast and we talk about everything that's to do with comics. We talk about movie T V shows, um Anything pop culture related, really. Uh, this week we're going to focus mainly on just the books, um, and we're going to talk about everything in the books. So there's going to be spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, uh, pause and come back later. That being said, Eric, you had a you had a new pick for uh, the Pick of the Week, right? So what would you pick?
0: I picked uh, Checkmate 23, and this was... I, I don't usually buy this book, and I don't know why, because it is really, really good. i uh, heard it's really good. Yeah, it's... I always thought, I picked up a few issues in the beginning and just didn't hold my interest, I guess. Uh, and this issue starts off with uh, the first part of a new story arc. And what it sounds like is this is kind of uh, going to be Rekka's last run on the title before he leaves. He's leaving soon. And so this is kind of wrapping everything up. And I know, like, uh, if you've been reading this book for a long time, I'm sure this has a lot more payoff for the, the long-term uh, loyal reader than it does for someone just picking it up. But at the same time, it's very accessible. Like, I, I don't know a lot of the histories, but I was able to come right in, pick it up, and have a really good time with it. And what this issue centers on is getting Checkmate's trying to get one of their sleeper agents out of Cobra because supposedly he's been found out. They need to get in, do an, do an extraction but they don't really have any good strategy to do it that would not involve a serious loss of life. So they figure there's, there's, a, there's a plan B, and there's, their plan B is to kind of deputize Superman, which was really good. Uh, it wouldn't be that odd to see a character like Batman or several other characters uh, be brought into this book as kind of a... An added agent, I guess, but to pick Superman, who's the exact opposite of everything that kind of checkmate is, it was a very, very odd couple-ish type of situation, which provided some really, really kind of funny moments, but also it was just badass. Superman was badass in this book. Um, it was just really, really good. Like it was, it was a great thriller. It's like watching 24. It was there's, there's an excitement level in this book that was really good. The art, uh, by uh, let's see, it's by Joe B- Bennett. Uh, it's it was a little off at, at points, but for the most part, it wasn't that bad. It was this was a great book. I'm definitely gonna keep reading this for a while, and uh, or at least for the en- end of this arc. Uh, the next arc, I believe, after Rucka leaves, Bruce Jones is coming onto the book, and. Bruce Jones is infamous for his Jason Todd Nightwing storyline, where he turned Jason Great. Todd into an octopus. So, Great. I'm not reading that. I, I refuse to read anything Bruce Jones writes <laughs> ever again.
1: That's kind of um, a big change in direction, going from Greg Rucka to Bruce Jones.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't people people hated him on Nightwing, so I don't know what DC's really planning on doing with him. So, but for now, um, I'm definitely on for the rest of it. I'm probably going to be buying the uh, the trades of this book just to check it out. Even further, it's excellent. I, I think this would be a great jumping on point for people who haven't been reading this who are curious about it.
1: Yeah, I've heard it's really good. I've heard the book is actually in danger of being, you know, canceled too. So maybe that's why Bruce Jones is going to be on it. But I've heard from everyone that's really, really good.
0: So I do want to pick it up. It's kind of a chicken egg thing. Or will it be canceled because Bruce Jones is on it? Yeah, there you go.
1: Um, let's see what we have here. JLA, number 18. What did you think about that?
0: I thought it was fun.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of done with the Justice League at this point. I just kind of have a bad
0: taste in my mouth. It just
1: seems like nothing nothing has happened at all in 18 issues. Well,
0: I think the, uh, the problem is, like, I'm not reading Salvation Run. I don't think you are either. No. So I think that's really like, if you're reading that, you're going to get a lot more out of this book, but if you're not, then you're kind of, it feels like you're coming in in the middle of a story.
1: You know what I do love? What? Is the interaction between Bruce Wayne and Amanda Waller. I could read that all day. Yes.
0: See, that, and that's something I loved in the cartoon, mm-hmm. and I love it here too. Like, they need more Amanda Waller. I I know she was in Checkmate for a while, and she's out of that, but I'm glad she's in this. She is just like the most scheming, diabolical. But she, but she does it for good intent.
1: Or yeah, I mean that that one point where she's stalling and Bruce is like, "You're wasting our time. You never waste time." And he kind of looks at Diana and Clark. And he's like, "We're under attack. Let's go." And I was just like, "That's just I could I could honestly read scenes like that just all day." And it, it, exactly. It reminded me exactly of uh, the TV show.
0: Yeah. Another thing I'm really liking is. Uh, Every once in a while, Roy will be asking, he, he knows the villains are being hunted down and put on this prison planet, but he always asks, like, uh, where's Chishir? You know, Have, have you guys, right. do you have her, or has she escaped, or something like that? So it's always kind of interesting to see that he does still care about her, even though she is, you know, she's, she's a villain, and they have a checkered past, but she's the mother of his daughter as well, so he, he is still somewhat invested in that relationship.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like Ed Benes's art. I think the art is really good. And the story wasn't bad by any means. I just don't know if I, like... This isn't something that, like, I'm excited about. And, like, it's very forgettable for me. So I, I think I might actually drop the book.
0: Well, you know, something that I thought was interesting was I really enjoyed the backup, sort of, for Red Tornado. And I think if I didn't read Meltzer's run, I wouldn't have cared at all about it. But at the same time, like... We we gave Melter a lot of crap for that storyline when it happened, but at the same time, here I am months later, like enjoying a Red Tornado story. So, I think he was pretty successful and what he wanted to do, is making Red Tornado, uh, you know, a a more prominent character. Mm -hmm. But I I I thought the backup story was fantastic. So, I I, uh, on one hand I'm like, well, okay, that that was good and enjoyable, and and uh, great for uh, Ellen Burnett and. Actually, the, I think the backup story was more Dwayne McDuffie, but uh, yeah. you
1: know, which I like McDuffie a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, congratulations, to McDuffie. But also, like, maybe I shouldn't sell Brad Meltzer so short on that first time either. So maybe, maybe now I realize I enjoyed it more than I did. So, yeah, I th- I, th- I thought it was a fun issue. I'm I'm gonna keep doing it because I think the Salvation Run thing is probably gonna play somewhat into Final Crisis. I'm sure it's gonna have some kind of ramification. Yeah.
1: Well, I picked up Hulk number two this week. Not really sure why.
0: Yeah, good luck with that.
1: Well, I know why. The, the reason why I picked that is because I love Ed McGinnis' art. I mean, that's definitely the reason why I picked it up. And, you know, I, I'm willing to give it a try. You know, it's something new. It's a jumping on point. And at the end of World War, Hulk, Bruce Wayne, was, or, jeez, Bruce Wayne... Um, Bruce Banner was in a coma and taken basically into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody and now there's a Red Hulk running around and everyone seems to think that it's Rick Jones, you know Bruce uh, Bruce Banner's little sidekick and in this issue you had some pretty cool fight scenes you had a big huge fight between uh, the Red Hulk and Iron Man on the new Red and Gold uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, which you love Eric so much the
0: big Oscar Mayer wiener
1: <laughs> like that and the whole mystery about it is like who is this red hulk because no one knows and he's fighting tony stark and as he's fighting tony stark he's basically not showing any intelligence at all like he's not talking and even stark kind of tries to get him to talk and try to say what well, you're not even gonna say hulk mad you're just gonna you know roar at me and it she hulk's on the helicarrier and it, it straight up takes out she hulk the thing about this book and I hate to say it, but Jeff Loeb is kind of... He's missing the mark on writing. It's not like the overall story. Like, his overall stories aren't bad. You know, Ultimates 3 came out, and that's okay, too. It's just some of the stuff that he's putting in his books... Like, Tony Stark is fighting the Red Hulk in this, and as he shoots the Red Hulk, he, he says, Take this, you red jackass. You know? And I was like, Really? And there's, the, the writing, yeah, and, there,
0: and there's a point where the... quality of writing, I
1: Yeah, and there's a point where the helicarrier is going down, and it was actually a really cool scene, because Stark basically tries to fly under it and push it back up, and he can't do it, and so he activates all the other Iron Men, and all the other Iron Men come in, and they try to hold it up, and they can't, and it, it actually crashes. More, there's
0: more Iron Men now? Well,
1: he can control other pairs of armor like okay. it's old school armor and stuff which is that's always cool and that that comes in but they can't really stop it it hits the ground and there's this double plate uh, splash which is really well done but then the writing is tony stark saying oh the humanity
0: cool. just... like the like the zeppelin
1: yeah which is kind of because if me it's like it's like the play on words but it's just like that's so like takes me out of the story,
0: you know? It's also kind of tasteless. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's missed the mark. That's one more reason why I don't read Hulk.
1: So, at the very end, you... At the very end of the story, you see Rick Jones, and Rick Jones looks like he's going to look for Bruce Banner. And the Red Hulk finds him and kind of smacks him around. And so you realize that the Red Hulk is not Rick Jones. And all of a sudden, Rick Jones transforms into a different kind of Hulk. So... (laughs) You have nothing to say? You know, I honestly didn't think it was a bad issue. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I actually might pick up the the next one because the overall story is... I think the overall story is actually more interesting than an average Hulk story. Because it's like, who is this Hulk? What's going on? I know you're not a big fan, but I love Tony Stark. I'll pretty much buy anything that Tony Stark's in. And I love Ed McGinnis' art. Like, I love him. It's just, you know, some of the stuff that Jeff Loeb has been writing, it just seems so, like, it almost seems like when we're talking about, like, Frank Miller. Like, Frank Miller knows that people are going to buy his books, so he's just like, I'm just going to write whatever I want. To hell with whoever reads this, you know? And it almost seems like Jeff Loeb is just like, it seems like he's almost not trying at certain points. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it feels like.
0: I, I don't I just don't think that's the case though. Like I I don't think he's writing it just to piss people off like Frank Miller.
1: No, I don't think he's writing it to piss people off. I think he's just maybe just not putting his heart into it. I I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just trying new stuff all over the board this week, because I picked up Batman and the Outsiders number four. And I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of Chuck Dixon. So I know he's been writing this book ever since Batman came on it. I haven't been reading it because I was pissed about the reshuffling of the team and the inclusion of, you know, making it Batman and the Outsiders and kicking Nightwing off the team. So this issue saw the uh, introduction of Green Arrow onto the team, and I thought, well, okay, well, you know, a team with Green Arrow and Batman, I, you that, that sounds like something I'm going to like. So I pick it up, and it's not a terribly bad book. It's just, for some reason, it's still just not, you know, scratching the itch that I have for a good team book. Um, this one basically saw, there's a lot of animosity, because uh, Cassandra Cain, Batgirl, is on the Outsiders as well, and okay. still some, like, question, because she, she was the the former head of the League of Assassins for a while, and, like, she, you know, tried to take down Robin, and there's a whole thing, like, one year later, and she came back all evil, so I, I don't know what happened there, or what side she was playing,
1: but, yeah, this doesn't ask you.
0: but basically she's got a history with Green Arrow, because the League of Assassins came after him, so he's pissed. And so they kind of, Batman brings them on the team, but then they go out to a mission, and then all of a sudden they just, Green Arrow and Batgirls just start kind of throwing down, like, two kids in a, you know, playground scuffle. So that's kind of what this issue entails, is just kind of the fight between them. And then there's some other stuff with Lightning and, uh, or not Lightning, but uh, Grace and Thunder and... Uh, it just doesn't make... I don't know. It's it's not... Chuck Dixon is not doing the characters justice. He's writing Batman well, and he writes uh, Batgirl and Green Green Arrow well, but the rest of them just going to seem... Uh, I, I don't know, just slightly off. So there's something still not right about this book. I probably won't be picking it up again. Um, but
1: what, see, and what I don't get is, like, doesn't the Green Arrow seems like he has no... He shouldn't be in The Outsiders. Like, the whole point of The Outsiders is supposed to be like that that ragtag group, right? I right. mean, it right. seems like it's turning into JLA.
0: Yeah, and there doesn't need, he doesn't need to be on that team. There's no reason why his character should be on that team. Um, you know, with with what he's doing, especially continuity-wise with, you know, what happened to his son in, in his own book and stuff like that because he said he was going to hang up the whole Green Arrow thing. So, and of course it's not, but I don't know. There, there, there's something weird about throwing him in at this particular moment in time. It just doesn't work for me. And, um, I, I, I don't know, I was just kind of disappointed with the book. On the other hand, uh, the art by uh, Julian Lopez, uh, excellent. It, it was great art. Can't complain about that.
1: Countdown to Final Crisis number 10. I'm 10 weeks away from Final Crisis, Eric.
0: Yeah, this this one wasn't very good. Yeah, really? Really, Eric? I, I was so irritated when Mary Marvel, well, there were two moments that was really irritated. Mary Marvel got her powers back.
1: Right, to and, the original Mary Marvel
0: powers. So she's back now. And I'm just like, uh, well, so we went through all of that for, like, pretty much <laughs> nothing. Like, in the end, her character is exactly the same character. You know, say what you will. Oh, she, you know, there's personal growth and stuff like that. I seriously doubt it. I, I seriously doubt anyone is going to write her any differently now than they did before. And, you know, we're we're basically back to square one again. Okay. So, then next, the uh, Greek gods also grant uh, Holly Robinson and Harley Quinn powers. Did this really need to happen? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Right. At that point, I was just like, oh, you have got to be freaking kidding me. And the art was absolutely awful. Yeah, the art was not like, good.
1: I was told, it seemed weird, like, mixing in the whole the Greek gods being on Apocalypse and stuff, and I was like, it just seems like those two things are separate. Like, you know, it should be the new gods and the Greek gods. you think you'd kind of want to keep those worlds apart. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But, yeah, when they gave Holly Robinson and Harley Quinn powers, I was like, wow, really? And my first thought was like, oh, Eric's going to be pissed off.
0: Yeah, I did not like that one bit. The only thing that this issue did was it had a very surprising death, and that was the death of Granny Goodness, who... Was a, he, She's one of the new gods. Uh, she's ruled with Darkseid forever. She's been a very prominent character. She was uh, the trainer of the female Furies, who Big Barter was one of them. She also knew Mr. Miracle and a lot of the other people. She's been a very prominent character in, in Kirby's fourth world saga for a very long time. And yeah. they, they flat out killed her in this one. So that was kind of surprising. We don't know who did it. Uh, that's kind of the mystery. And uh, not, no, you know not really sure.
1: The other scene that I wanted to ask you about was the one scene with Jason Todd, which makes him look like a complete jackass. Well oh, it just makes him look like
0: an asshole.
1: He's fighting or Karate Kid is fighting the Omac who formerly was his friend or whatever, and Jason comes in to save the day and he's like, Oh let's let's destroy the Omac and Karate Kid's like, No, he used to be a person And then he's just like, You know what? To hell with you And he leaves
0: <laughs> Hey Jason Todd fights on his own terms. <laughs> Alright. Wow. This is your hero, Eric. Hey, hey, you know, once you go Omic, oh there's no going back. So you know, <laughs> that, he was he, he's just he's, he's single-minded in purpose. He has to uh, he has to destroy the Omic.
1: And then we have the big reveal, I guess, at the end, which is that Apocalypse has turned into a huge version of Brother
0: Eye. Yeah, but bro- it looks like. Brother Eye has taken over Apocalypse. Hmm. So I I don't know. I thought the thing with like, this on uh, Dasan was the one who saved Piper, and son finally, like, severed the the exploding handcuff so that things going off Piper, and he was kind of pushing him to, uh, I, I don't even know what it, what the hell it was, he wanted Piper to play and unleash his music for some kind of plan Dasan had, but, I don't know, it just seemed all very futile, and then all of a sudden, Brother Eye came out and exploded, and... Took over Apocalypse. Like the, this issue was all over the board. It really was. It was. So the the one awesome part about this issue, though, which might be worth the cover price, was the mm-hmm. the origin of Harley Quinn in the back because by
1: Bruce Tim.
0: Yeah, by Bruce Tim. So like it was it was the old Batman animated series style. It, yeah, it was really good. It there was there was some panels like I I love Bruce Tim. Drawing Harley and Ivy, I love Harley and Ivy together. And there's even for just one panel, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. But I love the the scene with uh, when she's doing therapy with the Joker in a cell, and Joker has a little Batman, Robin, and Batgirl, and the Batman and yeah. Robin have X's through him, so he's like working his way. Like there was that's exactly what I expect from Bruce Timm art. Mm-hmm. Like little that type.
1: Is of- really. You're right. I mean, that little of story alone might be worth the like, cover price. So but the rest of it, oh gosh, it,
0: not not saying it was good. So i um, you know, I'll, I'll read it next week. We'll see. What, we'll see what happens.
1: Um, Ultimates three number three came out, and I'm happy to say that the art is getting better and better. And the reason I'm I'm happy to say that is because this that's the only reason I'm buying this book. Once again, Jeff Loeb is I don't know. It's hard, It's It's really hard for me to say anything bad about Jeff Loeb because I've loved him for
0: so long. Well, you know, I think there's just characters, like, he, he has a really good handle on some characters, and yeah. he just doesn't have a handle on other characters, and un- unfortunately, it seems very skewed towards DC, but, like, he can write Spider-Man, I, I think, can. anyway. But he's, he's pretty good with the X-Men, too. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't seem to get the Avengers characters all that well. Okay.
1: The overall, um, overall story in issue three is that we know the Scarlet Witch was murdered in issue one, and Wolverine showed up at the very end of uh, issue two saying that Pietro cannot be trusted and Magneto's going to be involved and this is what we need to do and you, you basically find out which is really weird that Wolverine had sex with Magna who was Magneto's wife way to was go the, was the you know she was the mother of Pietro and Wando which I don't know that had no purpose at all really other than showing that like Wanda and Magna looked a lot alike so that Wolverine when he sees Wanda has some kind of reaction it it, that just seemed really forced um but they're going to the savage land to hunt down Magneto again the story not great but the art is so good like I was talking about how I was so excited about having Joe Mad come back and the first issue the coloring was horrible like that really kind of ruined the art and Second issue got a lot better, but like this third issue is like exactly what I remembered Joe Matt's art being. Like it's so vibrant and it's so explosive, and I I was just like giddy the whole way through this book. I absolutely love the art, so that's my review of number three.
0: All right, yeah, I'm not wasting my money on that. Uh, one book that I cannot recommend enough right now, and it oh it's it's just awesome is Robin, and Robin 171 came out, and this was very close to being the book of the week for me. Um, Chuck Dixon, back on the title, like, he owns Tim Drake. He wrote, the, uh, he wrote the original three Robin miniseries from the very early 90s, and he also wrote a lot of the stories that were, introduc- were Tim Drake's introduction stories. So he had a very big hand in creating Tim Drake as a character. And what he's done here is he's brought he's, he's back on the book, but he wasn't like what uh, Mark Wolfman did with Nightwing, where he came back and wrote him like he did, you know, 15 years ago. He's writing him like, kind of like how he did back then as the same person, but with all the added weight of everything that's happened since. Like, Tim is more, much more confident now. Tim is much more capable now. But he's still that same type of character. And this book really feels like the old books that I loved back in the 90s and I love that because Tim Drake was my favorite character growing up and so with this we have uh, Chuck Dixon even teasing the spoilers back and not Stephanie Brown but someone's wearing her costume and and running around but we don't quite know who or what you know it's just Tim keeps getting little flashes in kind of the corner of his eye like something's kind of around him but he's not sure so there's some really good scenes with him and Batman in this. A uh, really good scene of him kind of drifting off into a, a dream during a date, which was kind of funny. Uh, it was fantastic. He uh, Dixon even brought back one of Tim's old friends, Ives, and uh, there's a mystery of uh, why he had disappeared for so many years now. You know, he, Dixon is incorporating his absence into the actual storyline. So... Like I said, this this issue feels so much like it did back in the '90s, and I love it. And I think for anyone who has enjoyed the character of Robin at, at any point in, in you know in the past, I think this would definitely be a, a series worth picking up again and enjoying.
1: Uh, the last book I want to talk about would would have been my uh, book of the week, and that is Mighty Avengers number nine. And are you still not picking this up? Nope. Go back and pick it up. I'm telling you, sign, sign, sign up. Like put it back in your box. I oh. understand why anyone would drop it.
0: I'll, I'll uh, pick up the book again when it comes around a Secret Invasion because I'm just not interested in stories that should have happened six months ago.
1: But there, we're but we're past that now because the the symbiote story arc is over. Is it? Yeah, so this this is where like you should start to pick it up. This is a new arc right now, and this this arc is picking up right after the Symbiote uh, Virus arc.
0: So it's still six months late though.
1: It's not six months late though because this could be happening at the same time as New Avengers, and they're not together. So you could read this now, and it's nothing that's going on. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, you can read this now and be okay with it because it's not anything that you know already happened. Okay. But uh, the the beginning of this book was awesome because they found out at the very end of last issue that the virus, the semi virus that dropped down in New York City, came from Latveria. And so it was Tony Stark going on a mission to, to Latveria and just basically whooped Doom's ass. And in the beginning of this issue, you see that Doom has gone back in time to be with uh, Morgan LeFay, you know, the old.
0: Right, the sorcerer. Witch,
1: yeah. And it's it's this really cool exchange because she's basically asking him why she keeps on why he keeps on coming back to her, and he's like, "Well, honestly, you're the only per- you entice me. You know, you're the only person that really draws my attention." And she's like, "Well, I know that you're coming back just so that I can teach you the dark arts, and basically, also for sex and whatever, and and that's it." And there's kind of this exchange between them, like how they're drawn to each other, but that they both know that they can't trust the other one it was just really really well done and so he kind of goes back to the current time he gets to his castle and he finds out that the mighty avengers are right on his doorstep and it looks like the whole symbiote virus being released was an accident one of his little cronies tells him about it and he looks on the screen he sees tony Stark coming and it's basically like the the ah hell moment and then the fighting ensues Mark Bagley did the book. I don't know how he he draws so quick because that was the main issue was that the book was delayed because Frank Cho was so late with um with his art, and there's like five splash pages showing this huge battle between the vendors and you know all of dooms little doom bots and it's like it's so detailed and yet it happens so quick that I'm so impressed by it and there is an awesome, awesome battle between. Tony Stark and Doom, and I was actually thinking that I've never really seen this. What I, I'm obviously I'm sure it's happened, but you know, obviously they both have their armors, so you would think that it would be a really cool battle, mm-hmm. and it really was. You see them both like at a stalemate, and you can see how Bendis has the captions where their armor are basically their armors are talking to them, saying like what's going on around them, how much energy they have left, and you see their energy reserves depleting, and it's really cool, kind of allegory between how Tony Stark's armor is reacting to everything and how Doom's armor is. I thought that was really, really interesting. And then, Doom brings out the big guns in the end and uses magic and basically takes out Tony Stark's armor. They fall into Doom's time platform and then all of a sudden Tony Stark wakes up and he looks like he's maybe, maybe in the 30s, maybe in the 40s. And that's where the issue ends. And it's cool because the issue ends with, like, the old-school printing on the pages, you know? Like, it actually looks like an old-school comic. Yeah. And so I love that. Um, Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of the time travel, but, like, I, I keep saying it every time this book comes out. Like, I totally understand if people drop this book, but it's so good. So you really need to
0: go try it again. Okay, well, I'll probably pick that up next time. So, uh, yeah, I think that does it for us. We, uh, we apologize. We haven't been too regular with the podcast lately. We've both been really busy and, uh, we had a really good show for you last week with the great top five and everything that we'll probably do sometime again in the future. Uh, unfortunately yeah. the, uh, we, we fought the internet and the internet won. So
1: <laughs> oh, that was not a fun night.
0: No, unfortunately we had a great show for you and it just got, got lost in the system. So, uh, we, we will be uh, probably redoing that top five again, and, and we'll, we'll try and be more regular with the shows. But uh, at the same time, we've both been really busy with our non-comic book lives. So uh, mm. with that, uh, if you have any questions or comments for us, you can email us at contact at fanboystrikeback.com. Uh, please uh, send us questions, uh, any comments about the show. We always love to hear feedback. Uh, we'd like to know what you guys think. Um also, you can go to our website at www.fanboystrikeback, and that's where we post our written reviews for the week, as well as uh, movie trailers, news events, uh, WonderCon just happened, so we'll probably be posting some images from that pretty soon once we have some, uh, any kind of general comic news. And we also have a link to our forums page where you can go and uh, talk about you know, different topics that we've posted or post a topic of your own. You can also find us
1: on iTunes. iTunes or Podcast Alley, any podcaster out there. Um, if you like our show, please leave us a review. If you don't like our show, tell us why, and we will improve. We're always looking for feedback, positive or negative.
0: If you don't like it, just email us. You don't have to write it. Yeah, you don't you
1: have to leave us a review. I mean, if you don't like it, that's... Yeah, you know,
0: come, come on. Yeah. If you don't us like
1: it, there's something wrong with you, to be honest, because I don't understand how you couldn't like it. but <laughs> um, And then, like Eric said, come over to the forum... Uh, we try to post there. We're gonna post there more often. We always put our top fives there. So we, you know, we always want to know what you guys think about top fives too. And I guess that does it. Go read Mighty Avengers. It's good. Bendis go, is doing it.
0: Go read Robin. Robin sucks. There's no reason you should. There's no reason you should not be reading that book.
1: There's no reason you shouldn't be reading Mighty Avengers.
0: There's a lot of reasons why I shouldn't be reading Mighty Avengers. Touche. All right. Well, (laughs) until next week, I'm Eric. I'm David. See you next time.